Three, two, one. Go ahead. John Cook, C-O-O-K-E, uh, State Senator for District 13. Outstanding. Thank you very much for joining the program. And District 13, just to give us a little geography and context a little bit, uh, that's Greeley and Weld County, is that correct? Yeah, it's a part of, of uh, Weld County. It's uh, Greeley, and for those not familiar with the area, that's I call it the Highway 85 corridor down towards the Denver area. It, uh, I'm one of three senators that represents Weld. Mine's exclusive in Weld County, so it goes Greeley down to the county line. And the reason that's obviously something we want to point out is because Weld County uh, not only is one of the top producers in Colorado, but it's one of the top five consistently in the United States. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the history of Weld County when it comes to oil and gas development. Uh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, it's not one of the uh, top producers in Colorado. It is the top producer. Um, there's um, over 25,000 wells in Weld County right now. And um, so we've had a long-standing history with oil and gas. Um, as far as I know, I don't know if we ever had a, um, a man camp because it's been established for so long. Um, they've been drilling up there for, you know, as long as I can remember, a wonderful uh, relationship with oil and gas. When we had floods that hit uh, in 2013, oil and gas was there to um, help, uh, help us restore our, uh, our infrastructure. Talk to me a little bit about what's happening in Colorado. You mentioned this history that Weld County has in, in Colorado from everything from community to, you know, to, I guess government entities, you know, when we talk about taxes and schools, et cetera. Uh, but talk to me a little bit about, you know, the past year, what's been going on since uh, right around that time, I guess the new governor got into office and, and put through a uh, bill, I believe SB 181 is, is what it's commonly referred to, but just talk to me a little bit about that and get people caught up to speed and what happened with uh, the past year and a half in Colorado. Sure. Well, what happened was, unfortunately, um, the Democrats took control of uh, the Senate. We had control for my first four years down here of the Senate, and the Democrats had the House, so we were the backstop to um, any of the crazy bills that were coming over from the House. So there was one year they uh, it passed out of the House and came over to the committee I was on, which is Ag, Natural Resources, and Energy. And the bill made um, oil and gas responsible for all earthquakes in the state. And then they were had strict liability for any damage done. So the Senate, we had the backstop for those kind of things. Well, the Democrats won control of the Senate, and... They uh, kept control of the House and the governorship, so there is no backstop. So what happened is the it's a, basically a war on oil and gas, and the governor declared after 181 passed that um, the war on oil and gas is over, but that's far from the truth. And so the Democrats hate the industry, and the, the, uh, the state is being ran by bolder Democrats, and... Um, and you know, you look at the governor; he's from Boulder. The Speaker of the House in uh, um, in the House was not the Speaker. Well, the Speaker is from Boulder. The Majority Leader used to be from Boulder, moved to Denver, and the Majority Leader in the Senate is from Boulder. So we have these uh, Boulderites, these liberal Democrats, that, are, that hate industry and want to shut it down. And um, one of them, the um, the, the uh, sponsor of 181. Uh, Steve Fenberg actually mentioned in town hall he wants to stop all production of oil and gas in the state. And so that's why he want, uh, ran uh, Senate Bill 180, 181, which puts um, a lot of restrictions. Well, it's going to put a lot of restrictions on oil and gas and the development. 
So um, it was a bad year um, for the industry. It's a bad year for the people of Colorado because you're right, the industry pumps in hundreds of millions of dollars into the state through uh, taxes, um, through severance tax, and uh, the school tax, you know, money that uh, comes in from, the, uh, from taxes. Um, Weld County alone, $200 million to the school districts in Weld County, and uh, you know, 2 to $3 billion statewide and all other taxes. So um, it's a very vital um, industry for not only Weld County, but the entire state. And I was, at a, I was talking to, um, I was on a panel a couple of weeks ago, and, and somebody mentioned, or I mentioned actually, that um, what happens in Weld County affects the rest of the state, and he didn't buy it. And I said, really? Well, take a look at 44% of the office space in downtown Denver is oil and gas related. So if oil and gas picked up and left or they were regulated out of existence in this state, downtown Denver would be a ghost town. Um, the, the 2 to $3 billion in other taxes for the state of Colorado, um, that means less money for schools, less money for teachers. Um, and, um, you know, I see, I would foresee things shutting down. Well, I, I will even go a step further because I'm looking at, you know, Denver, for example, and the people I've talked to, the producers, the service companies, there's a strategy behind Denver. You know, there's there's a, you know, you got Grand, Grand Junction over on the other side of, of the state. You've got the Powder River up in Wyoming, but you've got the Bakken and the Permian, which are the big two plays in the United States. And Denver's got a very good international airport. And so with that being said, I mean, Denver was a very strategic, centralized location for oil and gas companies that were had to go north and south you know whether it be the one part of the rocky mountain or down into a rocky mountain region up in north dakota or down into the permian um you know state senate and the halls of uh congress and things like that um is is that being is that conversation being being had as far as the ripple and 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 the impact of the just the whole area (laughs) No, you know, it's funny, um, it's only being, um, uh, that conversation is only taking place on the Republican side. We, they don't want to believe um, what we're telling them. We're telling them all those things uh, about downtown Denver. Uh, Denver, as a matter of fact, is going to be considering whether to ban all uh, drilling and fracking inside um, the city limits of Denver. Well, there are a lot of uh, wells out at DIA, at the airport. And so Denver's going to lose that income. Um, they they just refuse to believe that oil and gas is that important, and they want to look at you know uh, clean energy as being the savior of the state. Well, even if they can get to the hundred percent like they're talking about, that's not for another thirty years, and which is will be totally impossible. Um, so no, the, the, that conversation is not being had because they don't care. They would rather shut it down. Um, and they would rather cause um, you know energy poverty than they would um, uh, to have a legitimate discussion on what, what, what uh, the rules and regulations are going to do. What's being said there for, I'm sorry, uh, what, what types of things should people be looking at? I mean, you've got a very active uh, oil and gas industry right now in Colorado. And I mean, I'm looking in another regulation today I saw on the headlines. It seems like every single day there's either a, a county regulation or uh, Colorado oil and gas uh, cogs um, type of a, a regulation or work on over thing. What's happened in the past year, and what do people look for for next year for industry? Oh uh, well, it depends on with what the governor said is true that the war on <laughs> oil and gas is over. Um, 
because what we're looking at um, is the possibility that the Democrats will bring some setbacks, either through legislation and have a 2,000-foot setback from any structure like they tried to run in uh, 112 last uh, about a year ago, and um, or through rulemaking. Um, have a 2,000-foot setback from any structure, any waterway, which goes as far as an irrigation ditch. And uh, so they, we could be looking at that. The bigger problem, I mean, there's a COGCC, you know, the uh, Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation. Um, they haven't come up with all the rules yet, and they did come up with one regarding mapping and um, on flow lines, which is going to be awfully expensive. They, and... Um, then the uh, Air Quality Control Commission, I think, is what people really need to be worried about. They just came out with some regulations um, on, or some new rules on methane leaks detection. So they want to do find and fix, uh, what they call find and fix, and including like two inspections a year. Um, they want to look at emissions uh, from storage tanks and low producing wells and natural gas transmission and storage. Uh, and they're not looking at the facts and figures. Uh, we're talking about complicated technologies here, and they're going off of uh, scare tactics. So those are new rules that are coming out. The other thing I think we have to be concerned about at the Air Quality Control uh, Commission, it's not only just for oil and gas, but it's for a lot of other businesses like agriculture and, and hospitals and universities, because our governor um, removed a waiver from the EPA. We were in mild unattainment for air quality. And he removed a waiver because most of our uh, admissions, our air quality, is bad air quality, is coming from China and California. And the past governors have asked for a waiver to exclude that, and we've always got it. Well, this governor said, no, we don't want that. So they, he took back the waiver, so now we're in severe non-attainment, which means um, there's going to be a lot more rulemaking uh, for oil and gas and a lot of other businesses in this state for very minimal, and I mean minimal, uh, reductions, if any. Who's behind the rulemaking? Is it the uh, Colorado Oil and Gas Conservation uh, Group, or is it is is it uh, y- your body of work, or is it all the local county commissioners, I guess? Uh, who's who's well, um, kind of got the lead on this rulemaking? Well, you know, it used to be it was a Colorado Oil and Gas Commission, and their mission was to foster oil and gas development. But under 181, that they took out the word foster oil and gas, and they um, put in um, to regulate. And so they are going to be regulating on a statewide basis. But what 181 did was to give local control to cities and counties as well. But uh, I had a little argument with the governor because I told him this is going to kill Weld County. And I even asked him, I said, why do you hate Weld County? And he goes, oh, I don't hate Weld County. Goes, I love Weld County. And I said, well, your actions don't show up because this is going to kill Weld County. And uh, he goes, uh, it's not going to hurt them. They can opt out. I said, Governor, that's not true. They can opt out of 181 only if the rules that they come up with are more stringent than what 181 comes up with, what COGCC comes up with, only if it's more stringent. So you can opt out but you have to have it more severe rules, or you can stay in and opt in and follow whatever the state rules are. So there really is no uh, opt-out, per se. So um, COGCC is one rulemaking uh, entity. The local cities and counties are another because it gives local control and, um, and the air quality control. So they're, they're attacking it from three different fronts. What are the people, the locals, saying? Weld County, they're obviously in the thick of it. They understand the local impact. You were a, a sheriff for many years, if my memory serves me correctly. So you've got a very good pulse 
on the rural area, not only in the city limits, but the rural area, because uh, you know, <laughs> sheriff knows everybody, whether they know the sheriff or not, right. the sheriff knows them. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, I was uh, the sheriff's office for 30 years. The last 12 is the elected sheriff. And, uh, you know, the, the sheriff, uh, you're absolutely right, have uh, the, the heartbeat or the pulse of the, of the people because um, we're elected by them and we're direct representative uh, for their law enforcement. And so um, we do know, and I, I make this joke a lot of times, I said it long before I ran for Senate, I said, you ask, you know, 10 people who their sheriff is, and 9 out of 10 can tell you who their sheriff is, but you ask those same 10 people who their state senator is, and none of them can tell you. And uh, so it, it's almost that way anymore. So the sheriff's, uh, well, yes, I had a, a, a pulse on what people think, and um, we started to recall a house rep, uh, from House District 50, which is part of Greeley, because uh, she voted for 181. And so there were um, people out getting petitions to recall her, and she resigned before she could be recalled. Uh, people in Weld County are scared, and they should be. And, uh, you know, the businesses are worried, the local governments are worried, and the rule. I mean, there is such a, um, you know, partnership between the um, farmers and oil and gas. I was talking to a large dairy farmer, out by Milliken, which is in my district, and he said if 181 passes or 112 passes, um, he could lose his farm. And he has—he's been farming for a long time. He goes, I can't—I don't make money on my dairy farming. I make money from my mineral rights, from oil and gas. And if things go the way they look, I could—I might have to shut down farming and 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 sell my farm because he can't can't make it. So it has a—it's a, going to have a huge impact on Walt County, and the people are scared. And. What does the, uh, I guess, the opposition say, the people that are trying to uh, ban oil and gas? Because I, I actually did a, a program. I interviewed a few people from Colorado when I heard the war on oil and gas, because that was the first time I ever heard that phrase. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of wars. We've had wars on poverty, wars on drugs, wars on a lot of different things. So when I heard the governor say that, that caught my attention. And um, that seemed to me like there was going to be some infighting. Up in North Dakota, 55% of the state taxes are based on two oil and gas taxes. you got a production tax and an extraction tax. And right. Yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot of government agencies that need that operating cash to go. Uh, what, what, what does the governor say about the people with Weld County and, and et cetera? Well, he, what he told me when the debate was going on uh, on 181, uh, when I told him it's, it's going to devastate Weld County, his direct words to me was, this bill will not affect Weld County in any way. And, uh, and so I argued with him on that, and then that's why I asked him, uh, when I asked him if, why he hates Weld County, and he told me again it won't affect Weld County at all. So I said, then why are there three county commissioners right now in committee testifying against the bill saying that it's going to hurt Weld County. And, you know, he's the smartest man in the room. I take it back. He's the smartest man in the world. Just ask him because he'll tell you how smart he is. And he told me, well, those commissioners, they don't need to be here uh, because it's not going to affect Weld County. So he uh, he lives uh, lives in a bubble or, and, or he just is so set on 100 um, percent renewable that he's blind to uh, – What's going to happen when oil and gas uh, cease to exist here in the state? Winding down here, I'll kind of wrap up for you so we can get on with our holiday season. But I've been on record now for the past several months saying I, I truly believe 2020 
is going to be the most important year for oil and gas probably in their history and from a lot of different reasons but primarily because you know this environmental movement and now you've got Greta Thunberg as time person of the year where um, you know, I for me, I, I'm a little bit upset at that because I think that there's a, a little bit too much enabling of existential anxiety in children going on. And I think that's one of the things that's happening here. But um, what do you make of that comment? I'm saying 2020 could possibly be the most important year in oil and gas's history. You know, I, I think you're right. If not here in Colorado, I mean, if not in the whole world, um, at least here in Colorado, uh, it, it's going to be... Um, a very important year, and if I'm, you know, I'm partisan. So if Donald Trump loses, um, Katie bar the door. I think oil and gas in this country is going to take a huge hit. So uh, I think with the presidential election and with the local elections, it could very well be the um, uh, most important year. Um, in especially here in Colorado, you know, the Democrats overreached last year. They created a lot of uncertainty in the markets, which causes job loss and and uh, tax revenue loss. And I think next year is going to be very telling, um, maybe not through legislation, but through the rulemaking that uh, COGCC, the locals, and uh, air quality control uh, put in place. The problem is the opposition doesn't base anything on, on facts um, or figures. It's all emotion. They believe 30-second sound bites, and that's what's scary. And that's why we have a 12-year-old or however old she is being time person of the year and speaking to the UN because she doesn't know what she's talking about. She just believes sound bites, what she's been indoctrinated with. Well, and I'll tell you, some of the enablement isn't isn't very good either. I mean, when you have the media, when you've got the UN positioning her as the spokesperson for climate change, when there's a lot of scientists out there that have at least some verified data that they'd like to show, when they're not getting the time of day, and you got a 16-year-old right. uh, talking about how the world's going to end in 10 years, and you've got presidential candidates trying to ban industries. That's just a lot coming at the, at the industry. What should people do? Um, you know, a lot of people listening out there and, uh, you know, part of your job is to get people active and get people informed, that sort of thing. You know, do you guys have advice for those people in the industry who maybe haven't uh, been active yeah, in the past? Absolutely. When 112 was on the ballot, uh, which was a 2,500-foot uh, setback, and it was on ballot two years ago, and there's, uh, I went to Koga uh, here in Colorado, and I said, give me all the uh, businesses, the oil and gas businesses. And I went and spoke to over 4,000 people at different rallies. I went to sp speak at their safety hearings. Uh, and I would say, look, to the line-level people, because, you know, the CEOs or the, the presidents, the high-up-ranking uh, managers, they're all informed. They know what's going on. They're active. But um, I wanted to reach the line-level people and say, look, the opposition goes off of emotion. You need to start using emotion. You need to talk to your neighbors and say, if this bill passes, uh, we're going to have to move, or my, my husband will be uh, laid off. And if you like your kids playing with my kids, you need to vote no on 112 and talk about how only gas um, pays for the electric bills, paying for your kids' medical bills, paying for your kids' colleges. You know, use the emotion part like they do in in when in um, uh, in committees. What would happen is the the anti the opposition to oil and gas would come in with their little baby and they would talk about how how oil and gas is killing their baby and they're um, uh, killing them and their asthma and it's, it is up and leukemia is up, which is all bunk. And they use emotion. But then what we have with the head of Koga, 
or the head of API come in and talk to us because they knew the Senate would kill it and would talk and, and we would kill their bills. That was the wrong approach. We need the line level, the workers, the people that are out in the fields, uh, driving the trucks, you know, the ones that are drilling, coming into, um, into the Capitol and testifying, giving their stories. And they need to reach out to not only the, their legislators, but to their county commissioners, like Adams County. Adams County is going to – they have banned um, any new permits for, uh, for this year. And they need to talk to their county commissioners and say, look, I, uh, I live in this county, and my job depends on this, whether I, directly or indirectly, and you need to lift these bans. There was an issue down in – I believe it was Brighton several years ago that the city council – uh, put a moratorium on any new uh, drilling or fracking, and the um, so all the, the people in oil and gas said, "Fine, we're not going to come here. We're not going to eat. We're not going to stay in in your restaurants. We're not going to stay in your hotels." And the business owners, um, they were taking a huge hit. So uh, after two weeks only, and the business owners went to the city council and said, "You need to reverse this because it's hurting our business," and they did. So that's the kind of stuff that we need to do. Any final thoughts as we wrap up here for looking at 2020, um, whether there's, you know, like I say, any any special advice or anything like that as we just kind of, I like to give people the final word. That way a question isn't framed by me. So uh, the floor is yours, yeah. Senator. Well, well, thank you. You know, um, we just need to keep fighting. We can't, um, we can't just lay down and roll over. Um, I, I think it's going to take uh, oil and gas to just say, you know what, we're done and or we're cutting back and um, um, and watch Colorado uh, you know, get hurt financially, you know, the schools and and uh, you know, the local governments. I mean, I don't want to see that happen. My son's a petroleum engineer with Oxy, so I don't want to see that happen. Um, but we need to keep fighting and getting the message out. And I think um, there, the, uh, there's a lot more commercials out on TV giving our side, giving all the emotional part of uh, the, the benefits of oil and gas. And uh, I think we just need to continue, continue the fight.